When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your Commander-in-Chief. I am issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with T-Rex. Fresh out the box. Having a rough day, man. Having a rough day. <laughs> I, was, uh, I had an audition before this, and I, I spent all night last night working on it, as well as preparing for the podcast, up till 4 o'clock in the morning. Get there, and then realize... Uh, I'm like, they had two groups, like, okay, one group for one role, the other group, the other. and everyone in my role is like all these like obese dudes, and, the, and I'm like, fuck. I, I I memorized the wrong part. Uh, like I I'm si- I, re- I realized this at the audition. Did they email I, you the wrong side? No, or? it was completely my fault. I just was wow. like I just, I didn't. It was one of those things. It wasn't that professionally emailed to me, but it's still my on, on me to read the right one. So and you should have went and read for the fat role and just said, "Look, man, I can put on some weight if you need me to." I, I should have, <laughs> but I'm just like, why? Did, I'm just, I'm like, but you know, I just I just left because they had me waiting there for an hour anyway, All and right. I was I was gonna be late to this. So then I show up, I speed here. I'm like in the the car. Carpool lane and uh, and <laughs> Evan's face and uh, yeah that uh, well, really I can't talk about this that I was that I uh, well I'm not talking about your show I'm talking about you Evan keeps me outside for the second fucking straight week for 30 minutes while I'm listening to the, the fighter and the kids sing Christmas carols you know just so then finally it was just one of those things yeah and then, and then you come 45 minutes late yeah. strolling in like you're James Bond like I'm <laughs> It's just one of those things. I'm just like, fuck, dude. But whatever. It's just it, it happens. You I mean it's not the worst thing in the world. Now that I'm talking about it, I feel better about it. It's not. I had to get it out there. It was on my you have mind. To vent. I have to vent exactly. <laughs> but uh, I had a great week though. I had a great week. I was in Arizona doing comedy, and I had four shows. Nice. Uh, Jake Ellenberger showed up with his whole family. Really, his dad and like all the Ellenbergers, his brother-in-law, his his his, his brother Adam Ellenberger. Uh, their wife, Kristen, just a beautiful group of people. And it was yeah. one of those shows, of course, there's a heckler in the show. And I'm like, but I'm like, okay, wrong time to heckle me. I got, I got the Ellenbergers have my back. And then I'm, I'm, the, this guy's talking smack to me and I'm, I'm making it fun. The guy's wasted. He throws a bottle at me. But Shut like, the hell up. He did. But it was like a plastic bottle and he was doing it in, in jest. Like he was laughing. Right. And then, but of course, the, the bouncer like warned him. But it ended up being a great show. It was, it was a killer show. It was fun. Uh, and then I went out with Jake afterwards, who's got a new girlfriend who's smoking, smoking hot, right? She, like, beyond smoking hot. Really? I, mean, I thought she was either a model or a ring girl or something. She's like a dental hygienist. I was That's like, even better. I know. I was like, what? She's da-? smart, too? I'm like, I need to get my teeth cleaned immediately. Right. That's exactly what I said. So I basically, that was fun. It was cool. It was, and then I and then I got tickets to um to the fight. Uh, what Anthony Burchak's his his wife Mercedes White gave me a free ticket to the fight because nice. it was in it was in Phoenix. So I go over there, and 
I'm, I'm, I got pretty high seats up, so I sneak down. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like a little kid. I sneak down, and I sneak right where the Ellenbergers are sitting, so it's great. I mean, literally, I got to shake everyone's hand as they walked in. Right. People were seeing me on, like, fight paths. Like, oh, my God, I just saw Emma. People were screenshotting me. I was right. like, dude, it was just my job every day. Just give people fives on the way to work. Right. <laughs> like, I, I would do that for a job. Like, literally, they paid me to go to the thing, just give people fives right. and knuckles. Adam, high five, Hunter. Oh, it, it was great. Uh, I got, it was, but it was hard, though. I'm sitting there with Adam Ellenberger and their family, and we're watching, watching Jake's Joe get beat up. And that was, man, talk about a surreal experience. You're sitting yeah. there with the brother, watching the uh, the other brother, and man, that was that was really really sad. And then and then he's sitting with us afterwards. Wasn't and Jake cornering him though? Jake was cornering him. Uh, but you were sitting with Adam. I was sitting with Adam and the family, and it was one of those things where I don't know. I, I don't really know what's going on with Joe Ellenberger. I know he has a lot of medical issues yeah. that go way beyond fighting. Right. I mean, he almost died. He's got some bone marrow disease, some rare thing, and he has to get treatment everywhere. It just seemed like he didn't have a lot of energy in the fight. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I can't really say. I just know that that fighting is so hard as it is without that kind of a thing, you right. know, but it seemed like he didn't have his gas and it seemed like he would have beaten that guy had he had his, uh, a full gas tank. And, yeah. I don't, and I don't, and I don't think that the gas tank was due to the lack of cardio. So it might've just been other factors. Medical. Yeah. And that, that sucked. And then he comes at, so then he sits next to me after his fight. And what do you say? I mean, like as a wrestling coach, you know, if a kid loses a fight, what I want to say is, look, man, you got to work on that single leg. You know, you got to, you know, don't lock up with them. The guy is strong. But I'm not going to start giving Joe Ellenberger <laughs> advice on fighting. <laughs> but I don't know. I have to say something. I don't want to just – I'm not going to ignore the guy. So I'm like, hey, you know, Joe, how's it going? You, you know, great seeing your family last night at the show. Uh, um, he's like, motherfucker, don't act like you just didn't see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell he was sort of embarrassed about, you know, or let down, disappointed. Right. But I'm like, hey, when are you coming to LA? Can you come help coach wrestling? You know, I'd love to have you. Right. But it was like, it was a man. It felt awkward. Uh, couldn't have, but anyway, he couldn't be a nicer guy. I mean, literally, he sits there Everybody and he goes, in the Ellen Burger family is nice." He and he goes, Joe says to me, "Hey, man, is this your seat?" And it was, I was like, "No, no." He goes, "No, man, you you were sitting here." I go, "Joe, sit down. <laughs> you just fought." But he was ready to give me his his seat. Right. That's how nice of a guy he was. Yeah. Fuck, man. So that was uh, that was sort of depressing being there uh but i mean watching the fights was awesome did there you was, go out afterwards and get hammered no i had, I had two i had to leave i left right before the nate diaz fight because i had two shows that night oh, yeah, and i was yeah. up the night before doing the text from last fight till seven o'clock in the morning which, which i got to evan who didn't put it up till monday but anyway so um <laughs> it, it was up it was from fucking Okay, I'm, I'm just saying when it was up. All right, it was up. It was up on Saturday. It was it was up on Saturday. It wasn't up on Facebook till Monday. Till everyone forgot about it. But but reg- <laughs> regardless, <laughs> let's. So I'm at the fights. I had five hours of sleep. Then I go run to do two, two shows. I, I caught the Stepe fight from the from the bar. We're gonna talk about all these fights because I got a lot to say. But you know what's funny? I was driving home from Arizona, and sometimes you forget. Like, I had such good weeks. I had such a good comedy. I don't know. Obviously, you're a comic. There are times I'm not on stage, and I forget I'm not on stage. Still, 15 years doing I'm not one of these guys that's always on. That's annoying. I right. can't stand those comics. Yeah. But, okay, so I go to uh, Starbucks on the way home, and there's uh, a lot of Native Americans in, in Arizona, right? Hi, and, how are you? So hey, I, 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 I stop off, and I'm like, the girl's name was White Flower on her name tag, Come right? Come on. I swear to God. So I go, oh, you're White Flower? That's a great name. She's like, yeah, my, my mom is White Bird. 
So I was like, oh, I'm white jizz, right? And uh, I thought that was, <laughs> I thought it was, be- <laughs> it was awkward, right? The, the girl was like 19, it was awkward silence. Jesus, you making sexual references to a teenager? No, 19. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be funny, the white jizz. I don't know, it just came out. I didn't mean to. Is this your white jizz just came out? The white jizz. White jizz just came out. This never happens before. <laughs> so, I swear, normally I'm much longer. No, so <laughs> so then I'm driving home and I'm like, this girl peed in my fucking Starbucks, right? Like, oh and I, I, I look at the name on the start on the thing. It says "F you." Uh, uh, yeah. Like, oh my she, god. She got me like two hours later. I'm like, oh damn. So anyway, uh, white, white flower. If you're you. listening to this, I, I apologize. It was a it was a joke. I, I don't know. I'm like, I just things come to your white head and jizz. I was trying to think what was white that I could say that would be funny and uh, jizz is normal. It was more clear, but, but still. So anyway, uh, that was uh, that was that. You just said white Adam. <laughs> Why well, I should have said white Adam exactly. Um, <laughs> white Adam. We had our. Yeah, perfectly normal. I'm white Adam. I should have said I'm white Adam. I forget that I'm white sometimes. Uh, I forget that you're black too. So I was – what else? I, we had our first wrestling match uh, coaching kids. Um, uh, I was coaching kids. We had our first match on Tuesday. We did really good. We nice. did really, really good. I was super oh, – last Tuesday. Uh, last Tuesday, I was super proud of the kids. They nice. they they uh, kicked some butt. I was I was I was happy. It was hard. I, I'll tell you a funny story about wrestling. So uh, a couple of years ago, I was coaching and like I you know it's easy this year because the kids that are really good have the good attitudes. It's hard when sometimes when you have the kids that are really good have the shitty attitudes. Right. Because then you're like because then the kids look up to them. So it was this kid Cole, and I was like, hey man, how was your summer? And he's like. Great, I got laid. I was like, this is eighth grader says this to me. And wow. I was, so I'm like, all right, no more questions. Right? Right. So sometimes like, I try to make the kids laugh. Like, so the kid wins his uh, tournament uh, going into the finals, and, and I'm, like, I'm like, hey, great job. You know, get some re- – relax, have fun. Uh, later, on you'll get, later on, you'll get laid. Right? So I was trying to be funny. So I, my assistant coach one of the parents – and there's this awkward silence after I say that. I'm like, ah, hey, you know, go get laid afterwards. And then he, uh, I go, what? He goes, you know, he's dating my daughter. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And then he, we both started dying laughing. But I was like, man, that was awkward. <laughs> Couldn't have been worse timing. I, I didn't know he was dating his daughter. Oh so my yeah, god. That, that's my life. It's a series of running into <laughs> right. shitty. Anyway, how was Larry your Larry David? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm a Larry David with no camera and, and no money. Uh, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Oh, well, yeah, I was in Oklahoma City um, doing the loony bin there in Oklahoma with uh, Steve Poggi, who mm. you know, you know, he's got a million drunk stories, and they always end up with him being arrested or beat up or whatever. So we go through a show on uh, Friday night. Uh, Larry, uh, loony bin Larry, takes us yeah. to to uh, the drive through at, at uh, Wendy's, and and uh, Steve is hammered. We get back to the house and realize that they shorted us two bacon double cheeseburgers, right? And so how are you going to forget, you know, like not know that there's two yeah. bacon double cheeseburgers missing? Those things are huge, right? So we get back to the place and uh, Steven is drunk and rampage, like grabs the receipt out of the bag and calls up there and cusses him out. And then he keeps telling him, he's like all drunk and polite though. He's like, he's like, so what you need to do is just make those two goddamn bacon double cheeseburgers, throw them in a bag and just, just zip on over here. Here's the address. He kept on reading the address to the guy. Right. And the guy was like, I can't do that. So then he finally hangs up and he goes to Twitter and he starts telling Twitter that, like, we got screwed by the drive-thru at Wendy's, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he guy should not be drinking. Right. Then he calls the sheriff's department there in Oklahoma City and tells them that we got robbed and they're going to do anything about it. And the lady on the phone is like, we're not 
not, we can't do anything about it. No, we're not going to do that. So he was like, well, then the hell with all this. I'm going to trash you guys on Twitter. We got two sold-out shows tomorrow night, and we're going to tell them all about how crappy the LA, uh, how, oh. how crappy the sheriff's department is and how crappy Wendy's is. And so he goes and trashes <laughs> he trashes the sheriff's department on Twitter. And the next day we're sitting on the couch, and he just, just busts out laughing. I was like, what? He's like, remember how I trashed the sheriff's department? He was like, like they liked the tweet. Uh, oh, that's a good way to get arrested, though. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. That, that is brilliant. It, it, but that, that guy's an idiot. What, what are you wasting sheriffs? That's like one of those things, like dumbest arrests ever. Right. And, and he's I was gonna... trying to buy some weed and trying to short me. Can you come arrest him? Yeah. <laughs> They, they forgot my cheeseburgers at Wendy's, and they come and find all kinds of weed. Right. Basically, is what would happen. Well, that's happen. why I'm so hungry, because I smoked all this weed. Yeah, that's really, really dumb. So those shows were awesome, man. A bunch of rednecks there, and I love those guys, and they love me. But then the week before, I was in Chicago, and that was like, I did a show at Joe Jackson's place in Gary, Indiana on Friday night. How was that? Dude, it was like doing, the, you remember the movie Roadhouse? Yeah. It was like performing. Joe Jackson, Michael Jackson's dad? Michael Jackson's dad has a place called Hustle and Joe's. <laughs> and uh, and it's just it's a it's basically a ghetto ass black roadhouse. Do you take your kids there to get beat? <laughs> That's exactly. Dude, they they almost beat me. They oh, were wow. heckling the entire. I mean, the roughest, rowdiest bunch of black dudes on the planet. And they're just like heckling the whole damn show. And I'm like, this isn't a comedy show, dude. This is like the Roadhouse. They need uh, to put chicken wire up. I hate shows. So like right that. before they bring me up, this dude that was in the front row heckling and standing up, and he got girls with him, and he's like, I got all the bitches and gay dog, you know all that. And he's doing that the whole show. By the time I get to the stage, he gets in a fist fight with another dude at the bar, and then they get separated. Instead of kicking him out, they just separate him, and the dude who was fighting goes and sits back down in the front. Give it up for T Rex. Oh, and I walk God. out, and I'm like, seriously, guys, like. You're gonna wait till the most non-threatening, light-skinned black dude in all Gary Anna, Gary Indiana gets on stage to start a freaking brawl in the place, and then while I'm talking, some dude in the back goes boo, and I'm like, really, boo? What happened? <laughs> I just walked on stage. I was like, fuck you guys. Really? I didn't come here from Los Angeles to get booed in the roadhouse in front of a bunch of ignorant bastards. So I was like, you know, the word boo has more letters in it than numbers in your credit score. You're not really booing uh, me. You're booing your situation. Did you get paid at least? Yeah, I got paid. I got paid before I hit the stage. Right. You know, I wanted to make sure of that. So so I we, yeah, we, we got up. the hell out of there, dude. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks, man. Dude, it was the worst. But anyway, I had a good time while I was in Chicago. Met up with some old friends. Me and Corey Holcomb hung out. Oh, I love Corey. Corey's so funny, man. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about some fights, man. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale happened. That was, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed watching that. I enjoyed Angela Hill one. She came on our show last week. She looked good. She looked tough. That's going to be, she's going to be a tough girl because, you know, when you get girls that are such, good, such a good athlete as Angela Hill is, and, you, and, and she's a sponge, and uh, she's, her learning curve is like, it's like, I don't know, for example, well, as as a coach, sometimes you get kids that just start wrestling when they're you know in high school or fr- as a freshman versus the kid who started when he was five. Obviously, the kid who started when he's five is going to be better, but sometimes it's, it's like newer and fresher, and you don't have all that wear and tear, and you start learning, picking things up. And uh, I think Angela Hill is going to be going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be real tough to beat. So she looked great. I was happy for her. The uh, the Carla versus Rose fight. I know Carla was an underdog. Um, I didn't. I wasn't surprised at all. I think the Ultimate Fighter is just such a when you're in that house, sometimes people start, you know, you start listening to other people and you start giving people more credit than they deserve. Buying into it. Buying into it. And, you know, you're fighting at a weird pace. Your training is not how you would. And sometimes getting out of there is the best thing for you to come back. 
Uh, Rose is, is tough. She's a great fighter. She's, she's super flexible. She's, she's got all kinds of skills. But Carla Esparza has that – I mean, I think she, she came on my show a while back, back when it was Chokes and Jokes with me and uh, Einstein. Jesus. Uh, and, and she came on again as MMA Rose did. But Carla, you know, she started wrestling in high school and then won a state championship, like, real soon. You know, a women's state championship, but she's still, like – she has that four years college wrestling experience over at Menlo. That's something that's going to be real tough to beat, real tough to beat. I mean, granted, they could be. She could be caught in submissions and here and there. But Carla looked amazing. She broke Rose's spirit. I still think having your boyfriend or your husband in your corner is a mistake for all fighters. I think having Pat Barry there get cornering you. Uh, Angela Magana had her her boyfriend there. Uh, even when uh, Felice, when uh, what's your name, Misha Tate having Caraway in her corner. I don't. Th- I think that's a weird relationship. And I right. don't think you should have your – I think it should be you separate. separate. Because when your trainer is telling you something and your boyfriend is telling you something – It's kind of like kids and their parents. Like lot of, you, lot you know, of, basketball practice and you can tell your daughter to do something. She's like, what do you know? You're just my dad. And then yeah. the coach tells them the same thing and they're like, I'll do that. Yeah, because you you're not seeing you're – not, you're, not, you're not banging your coach and you're not, you're not having all that other outside thing. I think having you're that – You're not banging your dad either. Hopefully. You're not banging your dad either. Right, exactly. <laughs> But I'm saying you're not having all that outside influences. Right, you don't. Exactly. You're not seeing them 24 seven. Um, and I, it was weird seeing. I, I understand why you'd want to corner your loved ones, but I think it's a mistake. Honestly, I don't think I'd want to actually. No, name one. Name one time where it's it's actually worked. I, I, I don't think I'd want to because if they ended up getting beat up, I'd feel somewhat responsible. Yeah. Well, you told me to do. Or, or who knows? Or like maybe, uh, maybe. You know, something happened earlier on in the day, and, and you want the person to take a, a little bit more of a pounding. <laughs> Maybe you know of their emails that you know, and then they're flirting with somebody on Twitter or something, or they cheated on you. You're like, hey, uh, keep your hands down and talk shit. I don't know. Who knows? But I just think it's a bad idea. I mean, you get it. It has worked as far as, like, Misha's a world-class, you know, she's a world-class uh, athlete, but I just think it's a bad idea. By the way, Misha Tate recently said to TMZ that Ronda Rousey has bad deodorant. Uh, that, that she has bad body odor and doesn't wear deodorant. Um, really? Is this what we're uh, – I, I, I like Misha Tate a lot, but she's also one of these girls that's like, you know, I want women's MMA. Take us seriously and I've – you know how hard I've worked? Okay, great. Then don't go to TMZ and say the girl smells that beat you twice. It's just – that's – Was it followed with the nanny nanny boo-boo? <laughs> Stick her head and doo-doo? <laughs> really? I, I mean, come on. Uh, now, also, uh, Jeremy Stevens, his fight. How the – Fuck! Did he get out of that armbar? He fought. Uh, put that away. What are you doing? You're talking. To, are, are you tweeting somebody? You're texting? No, I'm looking at the fucking fight results. Oh, all right. It's like I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to you. You're on your phone. It's, you know, it's frustrating to talk to someone on a podcast. I have to put it on the table. So I have, you know I have ADHD. Okay. <laughs> I used to take Adderall. I don't take it anymore. But I still have ADHD. Even to me, that's why. I, I I don't. Uh, come on. It's hard to talk to you when you have uh, anyway. So uh, yeah. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch those fights, so I was just looking at the results of that one. Oh, I'm happy that you didn't watch that. It's always great to have a podcast with somebody. A well, I'm on stage, dude. Well, you know what? I'm on stage, too. And, and I, and I'm, but I, have t- I find time to fucking watch the fights that I'm going to talk about to an audience who wants to hear about fucking fighting on a fucking fighting podcast, okay? 
45 minutes late and go, I didn't watch the fights. And now when we talk about the, it, you're looking at the I results. I watched the ones on Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, great. So we'll only talk about the fights that you watched, not the ones that took place. All right, I'll chime whole in on fucking, the ones. The whole season, we're watching the whole fucking season, and, 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 but we won't talk about it because you were on stage. You were at Wendy's Evan, prank Evan. calling fucking sheriff office, okay? <laughs> the fuck? I, I know that you were drunk. Fuck it. It was too, too busy with some fucking now, comic. Now, I'm the one that was... All right, so all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's what you were doing. I know you were too busy. Uh, you're in the comedy condo with fucking some guy, some uh, you know, prank calling people. Dude, that was so take a chill pill. My uh, God, this, this big red vein popping on your forehead. Shit, I don't know how Jeremy <laughs> Stevens got out of that fucking armbar. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. That that was Charles Oliveira looked great. That was the fucking point. <laughs> so. All right, D- Darren Cruz. Was an unbelievably tight armbar. All right, yeah, it was. I can't. Thank you, guy who watched the fight who's not was, on our fucking podcast. Thank was, you very much. I was six inches away from it. Really, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. That was like three times too. Three times. I couldn't get his guard. I don't know how he got out of that. Unbelievable. Honestly, it was unbelievable. Thank you, guy who watched the fight. Okay, no so uh, <laughs> Darren Krushek versus KJ Nunes. Uh, Darren's finger, his eye got fingered more than Miley Cyrus in that fucking fight. Uh, I was. KJ, I don't know. I, I like Darren. I think Darren would have won that fight had it, had, it, had it gone longer. For sure. Uh, K, I like KJ Nunes, but I thought Darren would have won. Unfortunate. You know, good good stoppage, though. Good John McCarthy stopping a fight like that. Because some refs would have let that go on. And then what? And the guy looks like Bisbing. You know? And, and not, I'm not saying, but Bisbing's eye, if you look... I love Bisbing, but you don't need an eye getting permanent damage like that. Good. You lose the battle or you whatever, the, the, no contest battle, you win the war. Uh, Randa Marcos versus Jessica... Jessica Penny, Randa's a girl. It's unfortunate that she's training at uh, her local curbs or the fuck she trains at in <laughs> you know Bumblefuck Canada because she's got legitimate skill. She needs a real camp. Fucking move to move to go to American Top Team or Team Alpha Male. She is a beast. This girl, Jessica I, Jessica I, Jessica Penny is. Uh, I think she's a. I don't know. It's a purple belt, brown belt. She's but she trains with some. Very high level people over at Rain, and uh, and that was a tough fight. I could have been a draw that fight. I, I I gave it to Jessica barely, but it was a good fight. Uh, Yancey could not have been happier for fucking Yancey. Uh, Yancey's a guy, you know, he took that fight on real short notice where he got He's a friend of yours too, isn't he? Friend of ours, like Yancey from Hawaii, great soul, fucking good for him. Angela Magana, her fight, holy shit! I've never seen more people happy to see a girl get her ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, this girl's Twitter erupted right. uh, with people like that coming out of the woodwork. Michael Chiesa saying, I guess your royal highness sucks. Uh, uh, Dude, how dumb do you think she feels, though? She's got to feel dumb. Well, she got lit up. She got lit up uh, by Tisha Torres, who's, who's no joke. Um, you know, it's one of those things. She trains over in Thailand. Uh, uh, w- you know, with her and her boyfriend and some guy. Uh, she, I don't understand. She, she's getting a full MMA camp over in. It looks like she's just doing Muay Thai over in Thailand. And, and if that's the case, like just do Muay Thai. She has not. Here's a girl who hasn't won in four years. I happen to like her because she's entertaining, and my job is to do those texts from last fight, MMA roasted. She's she giving makes me, it easy. Oh my god! I mean, thank God for someone be posting. But what is she doing? Posting ass pics and you, you know saying she's spiky dildo references and uh, fisting jokes. Uh, I mean, great for me, right. but uh, MMA community really seemed to hate her. Uh, Kevin Lee, K 
came out of the woodwork. He said he wanted to watch that again. John Alessio. Said, hey, MMA Roasted. Looks like the Queen's getting a royal ass kicking. <laughs> he writes, I mean, I wrote that her, she's much more effective on Twitter. Uh, oh, my God. But I, I like Magania. I hope she doesn't get cut. I think she's going to get cut. I mean, the word on the street is the UFC can't wait to cut her. Uh, she lost one, one round 10 to 8. Which is not not good when you lose thirty twenty six on some cards, right? Uh, you know, I I I wish that she was like good and and talk shit like this, right? And I'm not saying she's not good. Obviously, she's one of the top female one fifteen pounders in the world, and top twenty or top thirty, whatever. And she's being supposed the, to be the female Conor McGregor. But... Being the top twenty in the world in anything you do is amazing. Right. But at the same time, you talk all this shit. All this shit. Back it up. You got to be able to back it up. Otherwise, you're just opening yourself up for complete ridicule. Uh, Felice Herrick. You know, I was impressed with her jiu-jitsu. I had no idea how good her ground game was. Uh, that was a good fight. That was a really good fight. Good for Felice. I like Felice. Yeah. She's, she's – uh... all right. Let's talk she's about cool. fights you've seen. All right. So um... – <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Rowdy Beck and Heather. That was the fight I was I was the most surprised about. And I thought that Rowdy Beck looked good in the third round. She won the third round. She was did you that... see her losing, though? I didn't see her. Well, you know what it is? Heather, the whole season, was complaining about her leg. And torn ACL, torn LCL. And I didn't know how serious it was. The other girls made it seem like it wasn't serious. And so that being said, we haven't seen the best Heather. Misha Tate swears by Heather. She said right. that she could see Heather winning the whole thing. Heather hits hard. She actually she's got a pop on her punches, and when she she has to believe in herself more. She doesn't believe in her striking because she could actually be really good. Uh, and I think Rowdy Beck was actually like, "Holy shit, I'm, I'm in a fight right now." Right? Uh, you think she underestimated her? Underestimated her number one. Also, another girl, Rowdy Beck, got into uh, you know she cares too much about social media. Social media, like Dominic Cruz was saying before you got here. Uh, <laughs> was saying that it's becoming its own entity of people just, uh, you know, that's why CM Punk's great. Social media is becoming a skill. Yeah, it's a skill, but you can't forget about what got you there. You know, you're not getting paid for your tweets. And if you are, it's by score. You know, it's, it's, it's not for – we want to see you fight. Right. Uh, and I think that Rowdy Beck got a little bit too concerned about, you know – being with Magania and being the, the whole bullying thing and fighting the bullying card and this and that and giving too many interviews. and I, I like Rowdy Beck. I like Heather. I like both of them. There wasn't a girl on the season I didn't, I didn't like. You just posted a pic with Rowdy the other day. Yeah, the one that you photo-fucking-bombed? Sure. No, okay, I didn't, so... No, I, didn't, I wasn't in the picture of the one you just posted unless uh, you photoshopped me out. No I, no, I like Rowdy Beck. I think she's pretty hot. <laughs> she's my kind of chick. I like those crazy tattooed... Tattooed girls. fucking girls that just go nuts on your cock. <laughs> Adam is pent up today, love man. those girls, man. I'm not saying Roddy Beck's one of those girls. I'm saying I do love those girls. I could just... Fuck, I love those fucking little tatted up chicks that have something to prove. It's like, argh, they fucking... fucking make you dig into a balloon animal. All right, so, um... <laughs> Evan's face the whole show has just been, like, smiling. Evan's gonna kick me back it. out and fucking tell me to wait while I hear it fucking... Let's hear those late... All right, so, anyway... <laughs> UFC on Fox, the thing that you did fucking see when you were sober. Um, I was sober the whole weekend. Anthony Burchek, that was fucking hard to watch. Jesus. Because he was, he's a friend of mine. I helped yeah. get him into the UFC, according to him. Uh, <laughs> so I liked the guy. Uh, you know what? He knew that guy was going to heel hook him. He knew it. He knew that's what he, that was his guy's main move. And it's hard, man. It's hard. Burchek's a great wrestler. He was looking great. He just got caught in that fucking heel hook. 
Uh, did you talk to him prior to the fight? No. You hadn't talked to him. Prior. I talked to his wife all the time. Okay. Uh, she, How she, does he feel about that? <laughs> no, no, he he's cool. I mean, he he's like, I've talked to his wife. His wife got me the ticket. She's like, "Hurry up, Anthony's fighting!" And then I was like, "I was so excited for him. He'll be back. You yeah. don't you don't get cut after one loss. I, I don't think." Uh, plus, he's I think he's in the lightest division. He's what one one twenty five. Uh, he'll be back. Yeah. It's just a matter of he had a great camp. You just get caught. Sometimes you just get caught. But you know a guy's going for your hook. But you're a good wrestler. So what do you do? It's like, ugh. I guess you got to make it into a standing fight. Right. Fuck. Uh, Henry Cejudo. That I didn't see. He looked fucking. I mean, is he coming? He looked great. Right. He looked like a fucking world class striker. Yeah, he's a beast, man. Dude is a straight up animal. I wasn't expecting it to be like that though. Gold medalist wrestler, and he and, and he's striking like a like a champ. And afterwards, he says that MMA is easier than wrestling. I mean, <laughs> I, which is fucking crazy. I don't believe that in a heartbeat. I can't believe that. But I guess when you're, I guess it's easier than winning a gold medal. <laughs> you know, uh, he looked great, and I was like, I even said I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how good he looked. Um, I, I like, I like that. So who knows going to be tough if he could just make weight? Now yeah. he's at a weight that actually makes sense. He missed weight four, four times, times in a row. Let's say how many times did he miss weight? Four times. Four times in a row he missed Jesus weight. Christ. So I mean, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, but he's a strange guy. Like his old wrestling coaches say that the guy's undisciplined, or like he's just one of these guys. I think has like some mental issues. I mean, I guess when you're when you're Olympian focused and you're a gold medal, you obviously has something wrong with you, <laughs> and it probably in a good way. But when you're hyper focused like that, sometimes yeah. you cut out other things in the world, which. Like, like social aspects, social aspects. No social Look at skills. Michael Phelps, like banging trannies and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> no, the, you hear about that? No, I didn't. So hear Michael about Phelps goes to rehab, and the girl that he was dating comes out and says, "I used to be, I was born a man." Uh, allegedly, that's 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 uh, you know, allegedly what happened. Which is nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that those are things that I would probably want to know when we start dating, and, and right. maybe there's certain signs. Are that, you now, or have you ever been <laughs> a man? I I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you know that? But I guess some girls are. I mean, who knows? Some girls are good at hiding it. But Ugh. fuck, I don't know why she always made me do anal. <laughs> she always let me do anal. <laughs> In the uh, dark. Who, who knows, man? But yeah, so I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was one of those things. Maybe she was born a man and right away got the surgery. Like, uh, you know, like one of those people that were born and right. You know, they have like a. So, or she was like was grew up a man and then became a woman. I'm not really sure what exactly happened. Dude. All I know is that uh, th- those are some things that you might want to pay attention to when you're dating somebody. Right. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> you might pay attention. To- what, what are you shaking your head? You know I'm right. I know. That's what I'm shaking your head about. Funny. David, might, David. Might pay attention to that. You might want to know, like, hey, if your girlfriend was born a man. You know, I, I know swimming is really important, but you might want to look up and be like, oh, hey, you know, there's an Adam's apple there. It's just maybe a, you know, maybe maybe she's better at giving handies than you are. You know, I don't, who knows, you know? So, all right. David McCod versus guy. This guy, David McCod came out to shake it off. I couldn't believe it. By Taylor Swift, you have to win if you come out Taylor Swift. Just if you don't, you look like a you should immediately cut. You should get. Right. You <laughs> that should be in the contract. If this is what you're coming out to, you're you're out of here. He, he should have cut him right when he got out there before the fight even started. Like like he comes out there, they hear shake it off. All right, done. It's over. 
<laughs> no contest. Fight's over. Right. Honestly, if they said the fight's over, no one would even care. They'd be like, you know what? That's a good point. That is a good, that is a great cut. I totally agree with that. That was my favorite part of the entire event. Really? I thought it was awesome. Coming out to shake it off? I thought it was awesome. I, it was, I mean... It was different. It was definitely different. I give him credit, like, sort of. So, uh, Joe Ellenberger, we talked about that fight. That was rough to watch. <gasps> Jamie Varner, uh, I guess, knocked himself out, but then became conscious again and then tapped uh, and then retired um, and then said, look, I, you know, I was thinking about retiring before the fight. If you're not retiring before the fight, yeah, maybe you shouldn't you, fight. Yeah, if you're retiring before the fight, you're already defeated. You shouldn't be fighting. And that's the thing. He looked like he was in great shape. He's a tough guy. You know, he went for one of those those crazy throws, uh, like what a, lateral drops, which may not. I mean, look, if you pull it off, great. But if you don't, you're you're kind of screwed. <laughs> and by the way, I'll talk about that. Too many girls are going for the head and arm, which which you know is the first thing you te- I teach my kids not to do wrestling. It's like one of those moves. Even in regular wrestling, a head and arm is never really a good idea because you you know it's easy to defend. You kind of miss it. You can miss it a lot, and then you end up t- getting a takedown. And especially in MMA, where you're then your back is exposed. Right. I understand why you're doing it. Uh, the Ronda Rousey fight that she almost lost against Liz Carmouche, no. which. I would say it was due to a head and arm. I know she did it again in her last fight um, where she knocked the girl out in, in 12 seconds, whatever her name was, uh, Alexis, Davis. Alexis Davis. She did it and knocked the girl out with it. But I think it's a bad idea. And I think it's. I think the sport has evolved past that. And girls are going for that every time. I mean, you know, Heather went for her last fight, not this fight. Rowdy Beck went for it. Other girls are – and they're hitting it. A lot of these girls are hitting it. It just seems like a bad idea. If I was if I was coaching a girl, I'd be like, you know what? It's kind of yeah, a desperation. Is that, is that move. something that's trained? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it, I'm saying like no, yeah. You do train go it for it. if you can get it. Sort of. I I just think you don't see a lot of guys going for it if right. ever because it's so easy to defend. Right. And you're and if you miss, your back is exposed. Um. So anyway, that's not Jamie Varner. It was just a weird thing. Look, but if you, if you knocked yourself out in the fight, maybe give it a couple days to think about maybe I should retire or not because maybe your head is not really there. Right. I mean, Jamie Varner is an amazing fighter uh, and a legend in, in, in like some regards. He had some legendary wars. I wouldn't say he's a legend. Maybe he's a legend. Sure. They're all these guys are legends in my opinion, but um, it seemed like in a way he just wanted people to like him. He wanted people to clap for him. He was in Arizona and he wanted to, you know, I'm retired and everyone applauded, but it was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, come on, man. I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to knock a guy because he's had so many battles. He's never right. sort of had that type of thing. How old is he? He's 30-something years old. I, but it's hard to knock a guy because he's been through so much. If he wants to retire and go out on his shield, sure. And I will support Jamie Varner, and I, I like Jamie Varner. I, I just wish maybe he would have... You know, he messed up in the in the fight. He he hit a move. He knocked himself out. He he then tapped. Maybe give it a couple of days and then announce your retirement. And I know you want to do it in front of all your fans, but I don't know, man. Maybe there's something very strange about that whole thing. It was just didn't really feel right. Right. I don't know. And I don't want to knock the guy because it's like you don't want to knock a guy who who just came off a loss and kick him when he's down. And it's hard to comment on something like that. The Moraga fight, people went fucking ballistic. Honestly, holy! Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote. I haven't seen Mexicans that happy since Obama's speech. <laughs> I mean, jo- and like they were going crazy for Moraga. It was a lot of Mexicans in the crowd. 
which right. it's Arizona. Well, it's Arizona, yeah. And Mexicans cheer. They're, I love performing for Mexicans. They give the most energy. They laugh their asses off. They don't get offended. They're, they're the most emotional people. And they give you love like shit afterwards. Oh, my God. Like afterwards. Afterwards, they adopt you. Yeah. I mean, literally, they, they, they throw candy at you. I, I, I was, I was, that, was a, that was a cool experience. The Claudia fight against Joanna uh, Jedzerick. I, I mean, there's just all types of... Uh, Consonants here. I don't. I don't know how to spell her fucking her say her last name. It's J E D R E J D J Z D K. There should be a vowel in there somewhere, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know why there's not a vowel separating those letters. But uh, that was the best. That was the second best fight of the night. Yeah. That fight was a war. I still think Claudia won that fight. I think she got kind of robbed. I think the kick afterwards. The, 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 the punch after the uh, when they were being separated by Eve. The crowd would have booed. Right. About Claudia losing until that, then they got yeah, pissed that, at her. Well, that's what I said when we were uh, when we were watching. I said she, I thought that she won the fight too. I said that that probably turned the judges off though. I think the judges had their scores before that. Really? But I think the crowd got turned off. The yeah. crowd was like, you know what? If you're going to kick people after the bell, you know, like this, when the, you know, we're not going to support you. I still think she won that fight. Um, I think that uh, that girl. Both those girls are going to be a tough fight for Carla, though. Hold, they're going to be tough. Yeah, that's that's not an easy fight for Carla. Yep. Um, those girls are tough. It's tougher than a freaking Waffle House T-bone. <laughs> yes, tougher than a Waffle House T-bone. That's exactly what I was thinking. Did you prank call them too as opposed to watching the fucking fights on Friday? All right, so... Um, <laughs> Adam is on one today. Uh, Stefan Struve, Overeem. That was hard to watch. Did Overeem look weird to you, his body? Well, he's you know he eats horses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're on a fucking horse diet, your body's the, when you eat Mr. Ed and fucking you know for a living. Right. I don't. He looked great though. That takedown was great. Yeah. I mean, he looked great. Oh damn, Stefan! Come on, son. I think Stefan may have to. I wanted Stefan to. Yeah. Because what he lost to Mark Hunt last fight, right? Yeah, I think. Well, he lost to Hunt last fight. He didn't come out because he had some kind of anxiety attack right, or something right, right. or something, and then. This fight, I know that uh, those damn Mark Hunt fights could take everything out of you. Hell yeah. Fighters are never the same after that. Uh, Did he like get a tooth lodged in his cheek meat? Yeah, it was God unbelievable. Damn. Uh, you know, like I, I wrote a joke about after the Varner thing that fighters are now retiring before they get the, the talk from Rogan. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you heard about that with Chow Bright and Rogan? You didn't hear about that? Well, he was just telling him to retire, basically. Uh, I, I, well, I don't even want to talk about it. We talked about it all last thing. I mean, Brogan basically told Chow he's not an elite fighter uh, on the podcast and that he's got to change some stuff or otherwise he's worried about him. It was a long talk. That wasn't the only thing he talked. It, it, was, it, it was out of love. It was crazy, though. If wow. you want to, it was a good interview. It was crazy to listen to that. How did Chow react to that? Uh... I'm gonna have you listen to it. I'm All not gonna right. speak for Shab, but it was, uh, you know, one of those things where certain guys out there, you don't want to. I mean, you don't want to see him take too much brain damage. And, right. and Stephen Struve has been hit a lot, right? And knocked out Hard. by Roy Nelson, knocked out by Hunt. Yeah, now, heavyweight, now, heavyweight knockouts. And that's the thing. <laughs> and you don't want to be pulling guard against guys like Overeem. Not that he pull guard, he got taken down, but you want to be back on and your he's feet like in the corner of the fence with those heads kind of yeah. up, just getting drilled. Oh God, that was that was hard to watch. The Nate Diaz is hard to watch too. Yeah, I wanted Nate to win that fight, but. I knew right from the onset that that fight was going to be well. He, and he one sided. He came out five pounds over, you know, five pounds four ounces of hash. Uh, he <laughs> completely, completely missed weight, and he was like, uh, "I mean, it's not like Nate Diaz coming five pounds over." 
you know, came in five pounds over. It looked like he wasn't didn't look physically like he was in the best shape of his life. He's been in better. We've seen Nate in better shape. Right. He had no answer for those leg kicks. Yeah, a million of those things. Uh, oh man, his leg was tore up. And I, Nate's got a heart. I I love Nate. I love both Diaz brothers. Those guys are great. I will support them forever. But you know, like Dana's like he's got to take it seriously. I mean, coming in five pounds over, and then after the fight. Within five minutes, he posts a picture on Instagram of him holding – of a, a joint. N- not even holding a joint, but just a joint, like smoking weed. And the thing about Nate, you know, you, why? You don't have to do that. Your fans are – you're already a beloved character. Or Keeping it real. You're already hated or you're already loved. Right. There's nobody that has, is on the fence, on the fence about it. Right. People either love yeah, you – Now I really like him. Or they hate you. <laughs> right. You know, that's not really winning – Anybody over? I don't think some people are like legend. Yeah, so cool. I'm like they thought you were cool before, and and then Nick Diaz says like I'm proud of my brother. He, you know he was dealing with a lot of stuff before the fight, meaning he was injured. If you're dealing with injuries and stuff, then why not just pull out of the fight? Right. Those guys made a lot of money. They have money. I think, I think that they don't need to. Maybe they don't have money, but I don't, I don't know how much money is it to live in Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's not Beverly Hills. I mean, those guys are. I don't think I don't see them driving around and you know Escalades. Right. Uh, it seems like they're pretty you know smart with their money. I would I think maybe how much maybe they're putting money on weed. Diaz and, brothers are frugal. I, I don't know if they're frugal, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! My whole thing is if you're hurt, don't fight. Right. And I get it. And of course, there's an extent to like wh- how much you're hurt. But if you're hurt to the point where you can't block a leg kick, you know, it's like, like being a comedian and then losing your voice and trying to do the show anyway and then bombing. I've done that before. I, right. I've done it. Sometimes the show must go on, but it's but <laughs> but you're not getting your fucking brain caved in either during a comedy show. So I don't know, man. I don't think they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna cut Nate Diaz, or uh, but at the same time, he's got to figure something out. I mean, certain names they won't be cut. Yeah, I mean, they're just the Diaz brothers are just. I mean, even Dana said, like, look, when you when you go into business with the Diaz brothers, you expect a certain amount of lunacy or whatever the word he used. <laughs> right. but, uh, man, that was that was rough to watch. Yeah. That was rough to watch because uh, you don't want to see Nate Diaz get beat up like that. Right? You, who, who wants to see that? Right. Dos Anjos is a beast, which shows how good Khabib is, and Dos Anjos is ranked above Khabib. What the fuck how is, is that? that? Possible? How is that possible? <laughs> Khabib has never lost a minute of a fight. Never a minute. Even not even to a bear. Not even to it. He's beaten the bear twice. <laughs> you look at that video. Th- th- there's a rematch clause, and then he beats the bear again. <laughs> he beats the bear twice, and he's ranked below a guy that he's better than. Right. Uh, that or that he beat, and he handily beat him. Yeah. How is that possible? Tell me. <laughs> Somebody tell me how that's possible. MMA math doesn't add up. No, it doesn't add anymore. All right. So, and then finally, the uh, the Stipe fight. Even though Stipe says I'm not funny on Twitter just now, I got a bunch of he really. Well, he we have like you know we have a relationship where he goes. I'll be like, hey man, he posts his video. He goes, here's another here's another video. It's not funny from MMA roasted. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I take it with yeah, a gra- I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I I, I like Stipe a lot, um, and I I will always be supportive of Stipe. Uh, I thought that fight should have been a draw. Yeah, that was like, yeah. He won the first two. He loses the next two. It's all about the fifth round. And that was, I don't know how do you even score that fifth round. It was pretty damn close. Yeah, we were at the bar at, uh, in the, at the Looney Bin and watching that fight. And the entire bar went nuts. It was a great fight. Yeah. It was a great fight. I watched it with the sound off. 
uh, because there was no and I thought that it was it was real close. It, yeah. it was real. One judge had it like four rounds to one. Yeah, for, yeah. I was come on. How is that possible? Stipe is ridiculous, though, man. Uh, Daniel introduced me to him, and became, I became a fan of his immediately because he expected him to talk with that thick foreign accent. Yeah, yeah. A dude named Stipe Miocic. No, <laughs> he's he like, went what's to, up, man? He went to Cleveland State with <laughs> right. Gerard Harris, and exactly. he played. I said the guy. The guy's got you know nothing but respect for that guy. He's a fireman, an EMT, a fighter, nice guy. He's you never hear anything guy. bad about him. I like even if you don't think I'm funny, Stipe, I still think you're fucking. He thinks you're funny. Of course, I hope so. So uh, if he doesn't, whatever. Now, but of course, he goes. Emma Rose is not funny, and all these haters that from other websites like, see, now I'm a fan of Stipe. He's not funny. Uh, okay, he was kidding around, you dumb fucks. And and and, and number two, really, like <laughs> that's what he needed was a dude that you don't know to co-sign. Yeah. Okay. You know he's not gonna let you blow him. All right, so you know. So Jose Canseco called out CM Punk. Did he point at him with his missing finger? That was a joke. He actually, that was a big prank. It was, you've been Conseco'd. Really? Yeah, he didn't actually shoot off his finger. I guess that's a joke. I was actually, one time I was at the diner. He was trying to sell it on eBay. I was actually <laughs> at some dumb shit. I was actually at Mel's diner one time, and he was there. Yeah. and I was, and he's a big dude. Yeah, he's huge. I was gonna order him a uh, juice as a joke. That's hilarious. But I was afraid he wouldn't find it funny. What kind of juice is it? Does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> Here's some juice, and write a book about it afterwards. So, uh, yeah. So he called out. I would watch CM Punk and Seiko. I think Seiko's too big for him, though. No. I don't know. I mean, at that point, it's just about the spectacle of the the thing. It's not about skill and watching. Oh, but now it's oh, but, but watching who's he gonna fight? Uh, CM Punk. It's gonna be competitive. Maybe one of these guys in the UFC Ultimate Fighter China. One of those guys <laughs> that's like two and one, or the Ultimate Fighter. You know, you know, Iraq. Or whatever. Is it one of these other Ultimate Fighters that they have? I, I can't. So what's see- his wrestling pedigree? Does he have? A, does he come from like a turnbuckles? Uh, <laughs> He has, he's not like a collegiate no, no, beast. No, his wrestling pedigree is uh, tables, ladders, and chairs matches and stuff. <laughs> right. Which is still strong, but that's his pedigree. That's so, crazy. Uh, all right. So now uh, UFC Brazil this week. I, I have, Me and Dominic talked about it uh, before you got here. But in, in case you guys are wondering, we recorded the Dominic uh, thing before T-Rex got here. That's why he's not on that call. That's, and then we started over and started the show. I'm sure you're all wondering that. Everybody's wondering. <laughs> the whole world is fucking wondering that. All right, so um, uh, Pat Cummings is fighting this week. Uh oh, excited about that. The he's barista. Fighting a, he's fighting a tough guy though, Antonio Carlos Jr., who's like undefeated Sounds like guy. A, uh, guy that gets coffee out of the mountains. That's not Dos Caras Jr. Is it? Because he got signed recently too. Antonio. You, you know who that is, right? No. Carlos Jr. And then blood started pouring out of the eye socket. No, room. this guy was on the Ultimate Fighter Brazil. <laughs> okay. I just like kind of freaked out back here for a second. No, he's fighting Antonio <laughs> Carlos Jr. But the guy's <laughs> but this guy's a world champion, uh Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champion. This guy's not gonna be easy for Pat Cummings. Uh he's giving it they're giving him a tough, tough fight. And Biggie Mike Rhodes, one of my yeah, favorite Biggie. people, he's fighting Eric Silva, another guy. Yeah. They're throwing him to the Wolves, too. His last fight, he had to fight in Australia against the guy who won. Uh, he fought a guy, the guy who won the Ultimate Fighter, Tough Nations. He fought him in, basically, his hometown. Uh, he's lost two unanimous decisions. What? Yeah. He fought Robert Whitaker. Yeah, he lost that fight. Uh, and now he's fighting Eric Silva, who's, you know... Not an easy fight for uh, my Biggie Mike Rhodes. Eric Silva's a tough guy, but he can be beat. He can be beat, though, 
by guys like he beat he lost to Matt Brown. Right. He lost to Don Kim, but that was a crazy lucky punch. I'm sorry. It was even <laughs> Kami even said, and and he, and he lost to John Fitch. But he's beating other guys, uh, so I, I want Biggie Mike Rose to win. I'm really hoping he wins. Yeah, he's a friend. He's a friend of the show. But man, tough fight. In he's one of these guys that like goes to these other countries and just like oh, I'll fight him. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Biggie Mike Rhodes. So yeah, it's good, it's good fights this week. And then also my buddy, uh, uh, what's his name is fighting the guy from uh, the guy that beat Burrell. Johnny Bedford's fighting. No, no, Johnny Bedford is fighting. Uh, Mitch Gagne is fighting Burrell. Johnny Johnny oh, Bedford's yeah. fighting. I can't wait to watch Bedford this week. I like that guy a yeah. lot. All right, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, fight breakdowns. That's the fight breakdowns. So, what do you got this week? Anything fun? No, <laughs> I'm doing the uh, Laugh Factory on Sunday in Long Beach. Nice, that's yeah, fun. That's fun. That'll be fun. But as far as shows go, now that's it for the week. I'm at uh, where am I at? I'm in San Diego at the Madhouse Comedy Club Thursday night. Nice. And then uh, Friday, do they do full weekends there? They do, but not. Uh, but I don't know what the deal is. And then Friday, I'm at Inside Jokes Comedy Club. Nice. And then uh, yeah, and then we're in Vegas. Me that's and T right. Rex are in Vegas at the Bally's Casino. I wanted to say that we should do we should do a show a uh, a show where we're. Um, a podcast, yeah, a podcast where we're doing. Oh like, yeah, dude, oh, yeah. oh yeah, dude. And we, we, then, but we also even, do stand up. Oh no, we can't even get into the fucking our own room here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't here last week. We had to, we were in the janitor's room doing the podcast. Me and Marina. It was. Uh, I feel like I was. No, we were. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. On your on your iPhone. And yeah, we had to record it. Basically, we had, we what I did was we actually recorded the podcast into a soda can, <laughs> and then uh, which is connected to another thing, and then they played it that way. It was it was, it was great. It's great. Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, we're very happy to be here at Fox Sports. Honestly, <laughs> we're, I we are. This is a, honestly, I am. I'm happy that someone actually is uh, gives me a facility, and if I have to wait outside for three hours while. <laughs> Listening to Christmas carols, fucking so be it, right? That's just par for the course. I mean, it's always good when our producer doesn't. Even... Evan's face is so. Your face today has been so funny. To it's me. great when our producer doesn't show up to the fucking podcast. DJ doesn't show up, and it gives us Evan, who who, who then's like, you know, fuck it, uh, you know, let him wait. Dominic Cruz can wait. Who the fuck is Dominic Cruz, right? I mean, he's only the the fucking the reigning the champion for three years, and is twenty seven and one. No, fuck it. We have to we have to hear haul out the sleigh bells ringing. That's fucking that's that's. <laughs> Way more fucking important. And then why would my fucking co-host be here other than anything other than 45 minutes early when I'm paying him? Fuck it. All right. So anyway, that <laughs> makes total fucking sense, people. Total sense. Welcome to my fucking world. Anyway. <laughs> You're frazzled. Frazzled. But- yeah, no, I got this girl I've been dating. I she, uh, she She's sweet. She's cool. She's, she's beautiful. I mean, what's what, she doing with you? I don't know. She's blind. <laughs> she's blind and deaf. She's got no... Uh, she can't see, actually. No, no. She's... um. She's a cool chick. She's a cool nice. chick. So I think I might actually take this seriously. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Where does yeah. she live? Uh, she lives in Hollywood. Oh, okay. She drives a motorcycle. What? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, she got. She's like sort of like a hipster kind of. She got like she's all. She's like got sleeves. Oh, nice. She's half. She's a beautiful girl, and, and she she used to wrestle in high school. Really? Yeah, yeah kind of cool. Is, is she? Uh, would you? If she said, "All right, we're gonna go on a date, but I'm gonna pick you up on the motorcycle. You have to sit on the back. Would you do it?" Uh, it's on her face. Uh, <laughs> would I? Yeah, I would do it. Sure, why not? Really? Yeah. Would you do that, Evan? Riding the back is super fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great. There was a kid in my in my middle school. It was like one of the worst kids in my school. He was like, uh, 
he was like this kid was like he was like 15 in the seventh grade you know but he was like the, the toughest kid in the school like he was known as like you don't want to mess with this kid this kid chad and he used to have a, a moped when no, no one else had mo- like right. mopeds and he said he would let girls drive the moped he would go in the back and grab their boobs while they drove because if they let go they would die so that oh was my God. yeah this kid this kid was, was like he the, titties that much like like, like, his like that was his, that was his that was his his thing i was like oh my god <laughs> ruthless 15 year old kid this kid was like the worst kid ever but uh, he was his name Bill Cosby. Yeah, Bill Cosby. His name is Bill <laughs> Cosby. And then he would t- give him water, and they would pass out. And he would. Uh, I-, I actually believe Cosby for the first twenty-seven girls, but after twenty, <laughs> from t- from from twenty-eight to sixty, I'm like, there's no way. This is like, dude, yeah. what's the number at now? It's like higher than the lotto. It's Come like, on. It's they, they have like a, you know how they have like the, like the lotto, the running numbers? Right. Like that's like Bill, uh, Bill Cosby's girls. This is just getting preposterous. Oh my God. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, so we got a big show today. We got Dominic Cruz. We got Tyron Woodley. And then we, got, and we got Desmond Green, a guy that you may not know now, but you will know in the future. Trust me. So uh, let's talk to Dominic Cruz right now. Dominic Cruz, what's up, man? It's Adam Hunter. Yo. How are you, brother? Good. How are you? Good. So I got you right before you go to Brazil, right? You're uh, you're uh, flying out today? I am, actually. Just getting ready to take off. Nice. Well, congratulations, man, on your last fight. That was amazing, by the way. That was awesome. Thanks. It was a while ago, it feels like. <laughs> but how good did it feel to get back in there, man? I mean, I mean, just from three years off... To just go out there and just blast through uh, uh, Mezagaki, how 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 crazy was that? You know, it was pretty surreal. I it happened so fast, like the fight that I almost like I don't know. I felt like I didn't even really feel it. It was weird. It was it was uh, one of the fastest fights I've ever had, and it was just it was a surreal feeling because I put you know three years of rehab in and just so much thought into all this time I've been off that. Going there and it went that quick. It, it tripped me out. It was weird. I mean, was that three years of frustration and just being like just injury, just all like was that just out on that guy? I can't deny that I was frustrated, but I would say it was deeper than that. It was more just like missing something that you really enjoyed. You know, I really learned how much I actually enjoy fighting when I didn't have it, and how much I how much it keeps me level headed. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like when when you when you were out. Was there a time that you were just like, man, it's, I'm not going to come back? Is this, I mean, was that going through your head? You know, as somebody who looks at things uh, relatively like as an analyst, I was pretty much like, well, I'm young enough that no matter what the situation is, if I want it bad enough, I can make it happen when I first hurt my knees. Uh, so now it's like, well... I just want to. I just have to want it. So, I pretty much said, "Well, as long as I think positive, I'll do it." So I never gave the time to think. Oh, I'm not going to make it back. Right away, I said when I first injured it that it was never going to be an option to quit and to not come back, no matter what the circumstances. As long as I was young enough, my body was still working well enough uh, all around to be strong and in its prime. And I'm still at that point, so I'm just doing the work. Now, how did you how did you keep your weight down the whole time, or did you? 
my body's really strange in the sense of my metabolism. It's just really quick. I have a fast metabolism. It's not really a problem at all. In fact, I gain weight when I train and I lose weight when I stop training. And that's due to like muscle and fat and all that stuff. You know, muscle weighs more than fat. So when I stop training, I actually turn into a skinny fat guy. Kind of look like, you know, I was so proud of you, man. I don't know if people know this, but we, you know, I directed that uh, the video you did, the storage wars with Phil Davis, and I met you then, and you were such a nice and humble guy. And uh, and even when I like make fun of you and are roasted, I could tell like you're always like, "Hell, oh, man, you know, thanks, you, you keep me out there," and you're a really good sport. So I was, I, I've, I've always been a really big fan of yours, man. And I was really, really proud of you and happy for you. Well, it's always nice to hear when when um. You know, you got people who follow you, follow what you do, and, you know, it's kind of like a win for them, which it is for you, is what I feel like sometimes. So, whenever, you know, to hear it, it's always nice. I appreciate hearing it. Now, were you were you planning on saying alpha fails, or was that just like a, did that just come to you? Honestly, that was something that just kind of came to me. I don't know why. I just was, you know, ready. I just, the truth is, those guys, everybody in that camp is going to be in the top probably 10. If they're in the 135-pound division, I would assume always. I would. They're a great camp. They they always fight hard. They've got good heads on the shoulders. They're all athletic. Um, and when they all train together, they make each other stronger. So I figure they're going to be in the top 10 anyway. I figure I'm going to be facing these guys no matter what under all circumstances. So me versus Alpha fail. That sounds good to me. <laughs> now, I, I know like I, I've hung out with Faber. He seems like a real nice guy. I hung out with you. He seems like you're a real nice guy. Do you think it's just because you guys are in the same weight class and you fought each other, that's why there's animosity? Or do you really not like the guy? You know, it's hard to say because I haven't ever met him when I'm not competing against him, if that makes any sense. like It's hard to say what it would be like to not be competing against the guy. Um, I've only... I've only known him, I mean, the very first time I've ever seen him, we were getting ready to square off the night after we met. So it's hard to say what it would be like to know him any other way. Um, I'd have to wait and see when that happens. Till then, uh, he acts like a turd bucket. <laughs> I mean, you guys are both very competitive. He was your first loss. I mean, you were 9-0 and before that fight. And then um, you obviously uh, he hit you with the uh, guillotine in your first fight. Your first fight ever in a WEC was for the title, which is pretty crazy. I mean that in itself. How did you deal with that? And uh, and how much did that motivate you to when you beat him? How how nice was it to, to like get your redemption and actually beat him the second time? More than anything, it was just nice to know what I was missing. It was nice to know that all I needed to do was focus on my jiu-jitsu, my jiu-jitsu defense, and then uh, more and more and more the offense, and uh, my game would be complete as I did fine with him standing, fine with him wrestling. Uh, he showed me the hole that I needed to fill. So I started killing his jiu-jitsu tournaments and um, just focused on my jiu-jitsu. My very first coach was uh, Drew Fickett, and from there went to Barrett Yoshida as my first real ground coach. And uh, he showed me a ton of stuff, and he's amazing to, to learn from. So I had him, and that really helped me with my defense. And then from there, uh, you know, I went to a, to a couple other people, and now I'm with um, Neil Melanson. He's helping me link together my ground game with my striking and everything mixed together. So everything's good, and honestly, that all came from a loss that I had. Learning all that came from a loss that I had. 
And I made a choice when I lost that fight to, to just say, you know, there's no excuse for it. I lost. And, uh, you know, that's something that's helped me adjust to it and accept it and move forward with that thought process. To not make an excuse for it, to not say, you know, I didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't really lose that. I just got caught. But a lot of people do that, I feel like. But I really accepted it and moved forward from it. It is what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, you really, uh, you know, you obviously learned from it and came back and, and, and beaten, you know, beaten. That's your only loss. Now, how, when are you fighting TJ? How healthy are you? How do you see this fight going? Let's talk about that. You know, I feel good. Uh, TJ, I don't know, he just had surgery on his elbow. He's healing from that. I got no problem with that. That gives me more time to get timing back. I've been out a long time. Um, so it's good for me to just have that that extra work and and just keep grinding. Until then, I'll just fight him when he's ready. Uh, that's crazy. That, that's crazy that you're not the one injured uh, going into a fight. Now, um, yeah, let's let's not let's not even uh, talk about that. <laughs> in this game, you can get injured at any, at any point. So no, no, of course. I mean, I, I you know there was so many like I, I you know like I, even after your fight, I'm like I can't wait to see him fight again in 2019. And uh, he injured himself, you know, calling out Team Alpha Male, so I totally understand. Now, by the way, now you being the champ for as long as you were, living in San Diego, are, are like, chicks just mobbing you? Are you getting tons of puss? I mean, t- talk about that. <laughs> you know, chicks, you know, that's all about what you're putting out. Uh, women are attracted to, you know, uh, an energy that you put out. And right now, I'm so focused on training and fighting and just trying to make money and establish my life that... Women are the least of my uh, concerns. But come on, I mean, you, I mean, you're, you're, you are the. I think you're the. You're still the champion. I mean, like, does it bother you that like Pettis got to keep his belt after being out for two years, and now King gets to keep his belt, but they took away your belt? No, I, mean, they, I was out a lot longer than those guys. Uh, in all fairness, I was. I was hurt for a long time. I had so many injuries; it was stupid. They were all stacked up on each other. And to be honest, it's really not hard to win the belt back if you deserve it. So it's re- uh, it, it hasn't taken long for me to get back in there and compete and show that I'm at least willing to compete for the title right away. First fight in three years. So as long as I'm good enough to compete for it, they can try to take whatever they want, take away whatever they want. Um, I'll just earn it back. It's not a problem. Now, how do you like working at uh, Fox Sports as like an analyst? I like it. You know, it's what I do anyways. My brain just works that way. So to sit down, talk about it, make money explaining it, and uh, be good at doing it, why not? Yeah, no, you are really good at it. I mean, you're you know you're very you're very even tempered, which is why I think like your last fight was so crazy because you got to see like the fucking crazy Dominic Cruz, you know, as as opposed to like the you know you're you're you seem like a very relaxed guy. But uh, now, can we talk about your old roommate, by the way? Could we talk about that at all? Okay, my old roommate. Who is my old roommate? Uh, War Machine. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, because I, I remember you telling me that, and I'm like, I can't believe you and War Machine were roommates. Now, uh, I mean, what was that like? Were you guys friends? Uh, what was that like? Was he insane? We, well, what happened is when I first moved to San Diego, it was about a year ago, um, he was training at Undisputed, which was a gym that I was training at at one point. And um, we met through there, and I ended up becoming, you know, his roommate years later. And I was I lived with him for about a year, and he, you know, he was never 
never gone to the issue he he had, but I had it when all this stuff happened. I hadn't talked to him in about four years. Four years, so, right? Since since all this stuff happened, so I just kind of was on the outside. He kind of he kind of looked like banned me because I was with Alliance, and he wasn't able to train with us because we were having you know some problems with with him not kind of being a loose cannon. We didn't want any problems, to be honest, and so that's why we. We disassociated our uh, our camp, uh, and he trained with Undisputed at that point. I was always cool with him one-on-one, but we just never talked. And um, he ended up getting into all this trouble, and it's 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 sad to see. But were you it's really were you, sad to see? Were you roommates with him while he was in like a, while he was a uh, porn star? I'm sorry. Like while he was doing porn, was that when you guys were roommates? No. Oh, it was no, before. we were roommates. We were roommates before all of that. Oh, but okay. I could see even then. I could see how that would be a future career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's had that guy's had that. Uh, fuck, man. I mean, that guy got that girl. That guy always got the girl. No question about it. Girls love him. Yeah, women love maniacs. That's the, the sad fucking. No, not all women. I mean, some women. Um, now, uh, so speaking of which, so, so who, who do you like this week? Now, you're going, you're going to Brazil. You're going to work at the, uh, the Bader-Machita fight. Who do you like in that fight? Not Bader, uh, uh, Dalloway-Machita. I got to go with Machita on that just because striking is so nice. And, you know, uh, Dalloway has about a round, I, I'd say, to probably finish Machita. Yeah, uh, in order to have a, a real good chance because Machida's so comfortable on his feet, Dalloway isn't. So it's a matter of can Dalloway take him down? Well, I'd say he has a round to take down Machida. After that, Machida's going to adjust to his takedown style, the way that he chooses which type of takedowns he, he picks. He's going to adjust to it, and then after that, it's going to be a rough night. But uh, he's got a round to try to get the takedown and beat him up. Other than that, uh, an entire fight with Machida on his feet sounds not fun. Yeah, I don't see how he wins this fight, but he seems to, you know, he's one of these guys that in Brazil, he just he just does really well in Brazil for some reason. He, like uh, I said, he can win it in a round, I'd say. I mean, he definitely has the op- he definitely has the athleticism, definitely has the skills. He's just not quite comfortable enough, and his brain won't allow him to be comfortable enough striking to uh, go, you know, 15 plus minutes if he, needed, if he needs to. Now, uh, Burrell versus Mitch, Burrell versus Mitch Gagnon. Burrell's was ranked number one versus Mitch, who's now ranked number 14, um, which I guess that, that was the punishment he got for missing weight and everything. Uh, he has to now, I mean, I don't, he has, it's basically a no-win fight for him other than maybe an easy tune-up fight, but Mitch Gagnon's pretty tough. I mean, he's got, he's won, he has nine first-round finishes. He won his last nine out of ten fights. Who do you like in this fight? Um... I gotta go with Burrell on this just because he he seems to have more weapons. I mean, Gagnon, uh, he is he is tough, he is threatening, and he can fight, no question. I just think that Burrell's a little bit more dynamic with the weapons that he has. He's got kicks, he's got punches, he's got you know uh, solid defense, great hips, very hard to take down. So he makes it a one-dimensional kickboxing fight with Gagnon. And the question is, can Gagnon take a one-dimensional kickboxing fight with Burrell? One-on-one in a kickboxing match, I'd probably take Burrell with the reach, uh, size advantage. Um, so I got to go with Burrell. Were you surprised that uh, TJ beat Burrell the way he did? I wasn't. Uh, the way he did, I was surprised he just slapped him. I'm not surprised he beat him. I knew I knew mixing it up like the way he does 
It was going to give her out problems as that was something I was going to do. And um, you just got to make it unconventional, and that's what, that's what he did. Now, obviously, the, 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 the hot topic right now for the past two weeks has been CM Punk. Uh, everyone is calling this guy out. I mean, you know, between Biz being calling him out, and now women are calling him out now in the UFC. It just seems like that's the thing to do. Uh, Dodson called him out, and then Santa told him to get back to work. Uh, who do you now? What do you feel about the whole CM Punk thing? Well, uh, the way I look at it is at it. You know, it's like, how's it going to hurt any of the fighters? I don't know why they care. First of all, it doesn't bother any of us. He's either good enough or he isn't. If he's not good enough, he's going to get smashed in the first fight, no question, which is likely. Uh, if he is good enough, he survives, and I still say he doesn't win, but he survives. You know, the UFC are the cream of the crop. We're the best fighters in the world. I think the UFC knows that. They have no question about that. But CM Punk's following, his name value is tremendous, you know, better than anybody in the UFC possibly. So why not let him come over and see how he does and give him a shot? He's put in the time and the effort and the work uh, in his other career to to have him even have a shot. Yeah, but isn't that kind of isn't that kind of insulting to you guys? Uh, a guy with you know zero wrestling experience other than like pro wrestling. He's a white belt in jiu-jitsu. He's never sparred other than a handful of times. Uh, you know, yeah, he's putting the work in the WWE. But there are guys out there who are you know. 15 and 0 or 15 and 1 and you know in RFA or CFA or some of these uh, you know smaller you know, promotions the way i look at it is this and this is not all honesty the art of self promotion is literally a job now CM Punk's self promotion industry is better than anybody in the UFC and that's what gave him the opportunity because he can put butts in the seats people are willing to go watch him either lose make a fool of himself or do great they will be there to watch. The views will probably go up. That being said, that's a job now. That's part of the industry of fighting is self-promotion, building your own brand, having name value. So, I mean, like, so you're saying if, like, Oprah, let, let, so, let's say, so let's say Oprah wanted to compete in the women's division. Oprah Winfrey was like, I want to, I can cut down the 135 and I want to fight. Never happened. I, 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 I want to fight. You know, she goes on the, the Dolce diet. Uh, do you think they should let Oprah fight in the women's division? How, how much? I would pay probably like at least $100 to watch Oprah get her butt whooped. <laughs> so, so honestly, so Oprah versus Ronda That'd Rousey, you, you pay 100 That would be crazy. Are you kidding me? You wouldn't want to see Oprah fight? I, I, I mean, sure, I'm just, I'm just, but it, it, that, aren't you opening the floodgates for, like, anybody who's a self-promoter can now join the W? I mean, you know, they wouldn't let CM Punk join the Lakers, you know, they, they wouldn't let him join, join the, the uh, you know, the, uh, the New England Patriots. Like, like should, why should they let him join the, the, uh, the, the UFC? I get what you're saying, and, and in that <laughs> respect, I do understand and I do agree that it kind of makes makes us as fighters like, all right, so are you guys any good? Well, the truth is you're as good as you go out there and perform yourself. Um, the show's not responsible for each and every individual. We're responsible for building our own brand under the show's platform. So as long as I go out there and win every single fight I have, go out there and win titles, perform, do what I need to do, um, there's no way to put a negative connotation on myself. It's just impossible. Right. I create my own career with my own fights. Yeah. No matter what CM Punk does, 
no matter how silly he acts, no matter how bad he gets beat down, no matter if they bring Oprah Winfrey in, she is not going to affect my career, the money I make, or my own name value. Yeah, I, honestly, you ever think about going into like political office, Dominic? Because I would, I, I'd vote for you. You have a very, uh, you have a very sane head. So, what do you mean? Meaning, you make a lot of sense. You're, you're obviously a good analytical guy, and you, uh, you make a lot of sense. So. Well, I just look at it like, you know, the UFC knows what they're doing, man. We wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have my job to this point without them doing what they've done already. They see something ahead that we don't. They see something from a different dynamic. They see something from a different angle. Whatever it is, whether I disagree or agree, I have to say how many, if I could sit down with Lorenzo and Dana right now for five hours and ask them nothing but business questions, and, ha- and they would have to answer every question I, I asked, I would be in luck, if that makes any sense. It does make sense, but, but, but nobody's foolproof, and people always make, people, people can make mistakes. I mean, you know, there's, you can't just give anyone 100% trust, because somebody can, I mean, people are, people are just people. No, no, nobody's perfect, and the CM Punk can, could, could be a bit, what if he goes in there and gets murdered, right? What if he goes in there? He might. He very well might. But on the other end, how's that a loose situation for the UFC? I mean, now? literally gets murdered. I'm not saying like he gets beat. Like he literally dies. See, like, there's, no, our refs are too good. Okay, we'll go with that. Refs are too good? All right. Okay, go ahead and go with the fact that the refs are too good. But I'm going to say even if he goes in there and gets beat down, now it proves that the UFC is legit. Come in here and try to make a, try to make a joke of this and you get hurt. Yeah. Right, CM Punk? You know, that's, how, that's exactly what it's going to turn into be. In my opinion, but um, who knows how athletic or how good this guy really is, and I I don't mind giving him a shot with the main value that he that he has. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. Um, I I completely hear you, and uh, I understand. What are you? What uh, are you in? I'm in San Diego. Uh, when are you? When are you back in San Diego? Uh, it won't be until Monday. Okay, because I'm, I'm I'm in there in January, and I still can't believe you're not taking advantage of the, the hottest woman in the world live in San Diego, and you you, you tell me Dominic Cruz Cr- is that how you feel? I, totally right. I mean, it's all opinion based, you know. I think there, I think there's beautiful women everywhere. There are, but not. But they're more in San Diego. I honestly, and Arizona too. I mean, you what well, you grew up in uh, Tucson, right? I mean, it's Tucson. Up in Tucson, Arizona does have beautiful women. Yeah, maybe. and they, they 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 seem pretty easy too. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that, man. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going out there like it's a buffet. I'm just going out there, and I'm I'm recognizing the fact that beautiful women do live in Arizona. Have you ever injured yourself having sex or no? Have I what? Ever injured yourself having sex? No, oh. I can't say that I have. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I get worried about you, man. I get worried about you. Well, Dominic, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you catch your flight, dude. Thanks for thanks for being on the, the podcast, dude. Thank you so much, man. I am. I'm such a fan. Thanks for having me, Mr. Hunter. <laughs> Control yourself. I will. Okay. You're, you're the best. Have, have a have a have a great time in Brazil. Will do. Take care. All right. That was Dominic Cruz. Tyron Woodley. What's up, brother? Hey, it's Adam Hunter and T Rex. How are you, man? What's up? Good to good to have you on the show. What's going on, Polo Assassin? I'm just assassinating. Nice man. So, so, so we got you. You doing the the, the, the countdown special right now? We're, we got you during a, a a break. Yeah, it's um, 
this happening really in January, but we're going to act like it's happening today. Right, 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 right. Gotcha. Now, <laughs> now you got UFC 183. You are the co-headliner against Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, this is a big fight, man. You guys, two up-and-coming hungry, hungry guys that are in the top ten. How are you prepared for this fight? What are you thinking about? What's the game plan? Talk to us. Man, I feel good. You know, the game plan is just to, to be a little bit better in each area. You know, it, it's at the level in this sport where you're not going to basically be able to pull away so far from all these different competitors. Everybody's good. Everybody's tough. Everybody's durable. Everybody can wrestle. So all the top 10 guys are pretty tough. But, you know, just to pull away a few inches here in each department, you know, can add up to us in a fight, you know. Um, I just don't see a lot of guys in the division that are that are going to allow you to pull pull away like miles, you know what I mean, where you're going to be that much better in certain areas. So I mean, I'm just focusing on things he do well and things I do well and uh, respecting him as a fighter and um, also knowing that I've been here for a while, man, I'm starting to get that experience and I'm um, trying to use that. I mean, being that you're, uh, you have four kids, you're not used to pulling away a couple inches, so... Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously not not enough inches. <laughs> Charlie was a couple of times. I, I met your wife, by the way, in Vegas, and she is smoking hot, smoking yeah. hot after four kids, right. which is like, I mean, holy shit! It's good work on that. Yeah. Every, every once in a while, you you trap them. Yeah. You know, you get them in this fight, and you trap them, and they stuck with you. So no, no, she's a good sport. Because I remember, I remember, I said one of my jokes is about you pulling out on her on her chest and putting milk on her, her uh, cocoa puffs. And uh, the next day yeah, on Twitter, turned to be cocoa, right? Yeah, the next day on Twitter, she's like, he put milk on his cocoa puffs that night. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was super funny. She's usually cool about that. Otherwise, I, I mean, I got a pretty crazy sense of humor, so. <laughs> If she couldn't deal with that, she wouldn't be able to be married to me. Uh, yeah, I hear uh-huh. you, man. Um, now you've been you've been you've been going through some tough times, man. I mean, you you grew up in Ferguson. Yeah, man, that, that's my street. That's the bad thing is like you know when something happened close to home. It's like oh man, it's my city, but like I'm looking on the news at my street. I'm wow. looking on that street. Wow. So all those places that were getting blown up, and you know I still go over there. You know, even the next day, the day before. The day after, I'm still in that area, so it's like, um, it's just crazy seeing Humvees and the National Guard and all these buildings boarded up. It's a little bit, you know, calmed down now, but at that moment, it was just kind of bad the way Ferguson was reflected, um, especially growing up there. It was it's a really small city. It's not like straight up hood. It's not like it's Compton, you know. It's, it's not even that large to get that kind of that rave. It's just they, they made such a big... Big bang with the riots and the protests, and there they got their global attention. I mean, did the cops give you a hard time growing up? Could you could you, could you see this happening? Yeah, you know, Ferguson has been terrible. You know, I mean, they can act as if it was just ignorant people looting and rioting, which it was. And a lot of those people that were looting and rioting were not even from Ferguson. But Ferguson, in general, has been a very, um, very poor law enforcement. Um, a lot of harassment, a lot of profiling. Um, I've seen my friends get beat up, slapped, put phone books in their T-shirts so they didn't bruise as they got beat, you know. So it's, it's, it's something that I visualize myself personally. And um, I think a lot of people got opinions and a lot of people want to generalize a specific situation. I feel like if you haven't lived there, if you haven't experienced it, you really don't have the right to talk about it because you can't generalize a situation. that's, that's it's, it's, a, it's similar in certain aspects. But it's very peculiar on if you understand that this is small city limits 
so not a lot of homeowners, so they're not generating a lot of tax dollars. Most of their revenue is generated through ticket citation, which means, you know, if, if you know, if I'm rolling the dice at the at the crap table, I keep eating seven, shit, I'm gonna keep rolling the dice. So if they're pulling over African American males and they don't have their place correct and they got warrants and shit, I mean, why wouldn't you just keep pulling them over? Right. So it's kind of a double edged sword. I mean, my, my whole thing is I got harassed by uh, cops in my life, too, I'm, I'm, and I'm white. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a white and black thing. I think, I think a lot of times it's just like a, a bad cop thing, and I'd say 99% of cops are great, but I think the problem is with cops and teachers, are the most, it's the most underpaid profession. You know, like, I mean, yeah, they're so teachers. They're not the heroes, even though they're supposed to educate and protect. Yeah. They kind of seen as the bad guys, you know, hey, if you keep acting up, I'm going to call the police on you. We do that to our kids. I had to stop doing that because I started realizing that at a, I'm painting that bad picture of law enforcement. My kids are 6 and 11 years old. I'm like, you better stop. I'm going to call the police. It's not like, hey, man, the police are here to protect you. They're here to, you know, to monitor the, the, the constituents and make sure that they're not getting out of line. They're never viewed that way. And they're underpaid. They probably watched training day and thought they were going to be kicking in shit and <laughs> Going to raiding places and checking people, and then they end up on traffic duty. They're yeah. like, "Man, this is some bull." You know, yeah. I thought I was going to be kicking doors in. Media problem. You, you know, you you at the damn traffic light. Yeah, but the media media per, per, perpetuates the uh, the horrible side of law enforcement as opposed to yeah. showing the good stuff, and that's what we see. So we think that's all they are all the time. And I know some <laughs> cops that are really cool cops that don't agree at all with all the stuff that's going on. But I think if you if you pay cops more, pay teachers more, you'll get better cops, better teachers. More people want to do I, it. I think that I think that as well. I think that you can't expect, like for example, you can't expect the USC judges to sit there and learn grappling and jiu-jitsu and boxing and know what's going on in the fight if you're not paying them enough to pay them government wages. They're just sitting there and saying, he won, he lost. And it doesn't really make or break their day. Yeah, you're right. not paying Same them to care. Law enforcement, you know? Yeah. Only the firefighters really get the rap of being the heroes. They come out with kids and, you know, it's burning flames. They never get a bad rap, you know? And yeah. plus they're all built like you. <laughs> speaking speaking of fuck the police, uh, you were in the NWA movie, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, it's funny that we we were I was doing that movie and they was going over the you know the riots and um, the watch riots and stuff like that, and then I come back and this shit riots going on in St. Louis, so it was, it was crazy that I was a part of a you know a historical movie, and that in this movie they're talking about. This is what we saw. We're the street reporters. We're telling you what we saw. We're not telling you to do it. We're not telling you to, hey, go out there and freaking do what we did. We're telling you this is what we felt we had to do. This is what was going on. And from that point, um, Beats by Dre, Cube Vision, these people, have they've been successful. You'd be an idiot to look at that and say, hey, let me stay in this neighborhood and do the same stuff and not, you know, evolve and not, you know, find a way to become successful in life. Somebody said something that was it was kind of funny, but it was actually true. He said, we need to start taking some personal damn responsibility. If your hood is messed up, quit messing it up. Quit staying true and saying, I'm not going to snitch. No, start snitching. You see somebody, he said, I got all these videos of people getting slapped and beat up. You see somebody in the neighborhood selling drugs, take a video, tape it, and return it to the police. Uh, I don't know if that's know, a good idea at all. If, if you don't want the stereotype <laughs> and the stigma and the profiling to happen, don't make the profile. Don't have, you know... The one percentile make everybody get a bad rap. And the same thing for law enforcement. The one percentile of the corrupt people 
uh, make it look bad for the people that are actually trying to protect the serve. So it's a, like I said, it's a double-edged sword, but it, it is some issues that need to be addressed, and they've been sweeping it on the road for so long. And it came out now, and they they can't sweep it anymore. Right. What? Uh, let me ask you this. What role did you play in the NWA movie? Man, I was a dude from the lynch mob. I was T-Bone. So uh, <laughs> I got to dig down deep and bring some of the hood back out there. So I had to bury the professional and sophisticated UFC. So I had, to, I had to get down in there and remember some of the street fights and stuff that happened in my life and just kind of draw from that because um, this was actually a role instead of um, just stunt. So I was, I was really happy for you. I, I wrote a joke how the movie's not called Straight Out of Cardio. Now that <laughs> I know. <laughs> Made by Toothless Records, right? <laughs> toothless Records. I didn't have a tooth. He came, yeah, he toothless came. Records. He came back at me with that. I was like, "Damn, that's funny." Now, now, let, now let's talk about um, some of the stuff. I, I we're not going to get too much into it, but maybe we will. There's a whole thing now with you and Hector Lombard about like Hector saying that you won't fight him. We asked Hector, I go, "Aren't you? Don't you guys train together?" He said, "You guys never actually spar together." You think he's a part of American Top Team? I know that Rory's now the champion. Would you fight Rory? Talk to us. Tell us about what's going on. Oh, with you that. mean Robbie? What I find Robbie, out. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. Oh, right. you know, I just think that some people, in general, are all about themselves. And if you really think about the landscape of American Top Team, until recently, you haven't heard much about Hector Lombard. You hear about Robbie Lawler, and probably on a parallel plane, you hear about me and Thiago Alves. Even though you, he had some injuries, but he was a guy that was at the top of the top. When you got that guy that's almost the third or fourth man out, and he's sort of like, I beat. You know, I beat some people that haven't lost to. I should be ranked higher. I should get the endorsements he got. People should like me like they like him. So you get an opportunity to, even if it's something negative to thrive on, you want to run with it. Because now he's getting some exposure and people are talking about that. He likes the fact that, oh, this person's scared of you. Da, 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 da. Have I ever been scared of anybody? That is a, that's a question that I fought killers. I fought Nate Marquardt. I fought Carlos Condit. I fought Koshek. I fought guys that have went out there and knocked people the hell out, and I just have never backed down, never been afraid of a fight. It doesn't make sense. Like, I, I'm not a guy that has to do stuff. I think that's what frustrates Hector is that I don't bite on a bully. You're not going to, one, you're not going to punk me. I'm not going to back down. But two, I don't have to prove myself to step up when it doesn't make sense for me career-wise. Um, when I say teammate, they don't mean I have to like you. They don't mean we have to be best friends and go to birthday parties together. That means that if two guys from American Top Team are competing against each other, that means one person is going to lose, one person is going to move forward. I feel like the only time that makes sense for me to do is if it's in a world title bout where no matter who wins or loses, American Top Team keeps the strap. We keep the legacy alive. We keep the team moving forward. Now, he can easily go fight Berkman. I can fight Gatsalem. We both can win. We both can move forward. The team moves forward. You know, so if, 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 that's, if that's not the case, you know, I've been offered off the record. I've been offered robbery tons of times, you know. So it's not like it's the first time. It's not because it's Hector. And, you know, it's, it's some drama there that I think the UFC wants to put together and they want to put out there. But as men, you sit down, you have a conversation, you squash it. And I think he doesn't want it to go away because it's been giving him so, so much publicity and people have been talking about it. And to him, he thrives off of people feeling fearful or he, him bullying or whatever. But with me, it's almost like I'm putting heaping coals on his head because I won't give him any reaction. I don't give him the time of day. I think even talking about him now is giving him too much attention because he's already getting enough of it on social media. So that's Well, we actually have him you know. in studio right now. 
what? Hector's actually here right hey, now. Hey, motherfucker! Cool. <laughs> cool. Hector, so uh, how do you feel about Tyron Woodley, Hector? You talking shit? It's not hey. like Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Todd. What happened? Yeah, what happened to your Hector you Jr.? Had a, you had a perfect Cuban accent. <laughs> you have to add the Cuban Australian accent. Right. <laughs> Come on. You, you're like, really? That's, Come on. What happened? No, that wasn't me. That's Hector. Oh, that's Hector, Hector. Jr. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's still, you still there? Hey, I'm here, man. <laughs> See? You know, at some point, you know, probably when I get to Florida to get training and uh, finish up this camp, me, Dan, and Hector are sitting down. We'll try to squash this. It's really not that much beef, to be honest. You know, it's, it's actually, it shouldn't even have made it this far. But it's, it's something that I did wrong. As a man, I can I can admit to that. And I can say, hey, you know, I should have never said these things or did these things as a teammate. And I, I'm willing to, to nationally basically say that. And I'm willing to sit and apologize and move forward. But it's But it's not what it's made out to be. And I just, as a as a husband, as a father, as someone that's trying to do something positive for the community, I just don't have time for the negativity that surround me. Right. And that's why I've been taking more of a silent, you know, whatever stance, and just kind of focusing on my career. So now that Robbie's a champion, let's say you beat you beat Kelvin and you beat the next guy. Let's say Robbie beats beats Rory McDonald, and then you beat the next guy. You would fight Robbie for the belt. I, I just think that we shouldn't be put in a position where. Someone else to decide that. I think that a subcontract workers, people that are employed but don't necessarily work for organization, we should be able to sit down. Me and Robbie have already talked about this. We know this is something. Me and Tiago have talked about this. That if it gets to that point where I'm right there and he's right there and we got to fight each other and it's a world title, me and Robbie both agree that we owe it to each other as friends. Me and Robbie are actually friends. We actually talk and communicate and we're civil and stuff like that. Um, so. We, we've already said that we'll sit down, we'll talk about it, we'll see what we feel, and if we both are comfortable with it, we'll go ahead and do it, and we'll take it as a competition and a fight, and after the 25 minutes is up, we'll shake hands and freaking yeah. go on being friends. But I think we should decide that. And really, to be honest, I think Kellen is a tough enough dude that I shouldn't even be thinking about that. I'm not in a position to fight for world title right now. Um, if they rematch Johnny or if they do Rory, I'm not getting the next shot of somebody gets injured. And plus, I got a, a tough kid that's trying to jump the ladder and trying to basically intercept my route to the top, and I got to focus on him. So I'm not in that position right now where I need to think about it. And plus, I mean, he's a world champ now. You know, he, he paid his dues. He had a long road. He switched weight divisions. He's been through two different organizations. He came back, went nuts in the UFC, and he's the first champion that American top team has ever had. So I'm genuinely excited for him, happy for him, happy for our team. We yeah. never had a UFC gold belt, so I don't want to take away from his moment because it's not mine. And when I get to that point where it is, then me and him, me and him will have that conversation, and we'll figure out what we were both uncomfortable with. Gotcha. Now, now, when you went to uh, Japan and you uh, exploded all over the dong, right, um, or China? <laughs> I mean, when you took down that dong, right? Did your um, <laughs> did your wife? Yeah, I remember that. Um, I took a do wipe to the dong. He took a do wipe to the basically went upside the dong's head, <laughs> and I got the hell out of there before the dong exploded. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you avoided that exploding dong. Uh, now, I remember the last time you won, your wife didn't have sex with you. She laid there. You were upset about this. She didn't even take care of you any time. This time in China, did your wife at least take care of you? No, man. This is, it's funny. The first time I did a podcast, we had the same conversation. We took our old lazy bus to sleep. Oh. So... 
literally no activity. Damn. <laughs> what do you got to do? I mean, after the Rory fight, when I don't you know, were man. when I you guess were knocking people out, don't do it. When, I, when you were depressed over the Rory fight, did she cheer you up at least that way? Um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, actually, we stayed in Vancouver for a couple extra days. Okay. I got lucky then. So she was like, listen, you know, you didn't beat Rory, but you're still my champion and then took care of you? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. She was like, shit, you got to get over it. You ain't going to win all these fights. And, uh, you know, you didn't fight a good fight. You just kind of froze out there and shit. No, dude, when I, saw, when I saw you my in... Girl's ba- tough, man. She's tough. She don't, she don't, um, she don't do the sugarcoating, so we don't <laughs> sit there and harp over, you know, steel milk. When I saw you in Vegas at that, I think it was one, I forgot what it was. I think it was the Weidman-Belfort fight, or, or maybe it was the, the night afterwards. I, you were like, I got to get another fight, man. I got another fight. I never saw a fighter. It was, like, it was like you were like a dog looking for a bone. You know, you were so pumped to get back in there. You were basically asking Dana, let me fight him. Let me get another fight. I thought it was, I thought it was really cool for you, man. Actually, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm Kel- I was, I was, that's, that's, when, that's what Kelvin's at right now. So I understand that motivation. I understand that drive. I understand how hungry you can be, and you legitimately want to knock one of these top dudes off. And, um, you know, I, I embrace that. Now I'm putting my career where every fight has to make sense. To me, this fight makes sense. He's a worthy opponent. He's done enough, you know, to earn to earn his spot in the top ten. And, and you know, I'll be a guy that to say, man, you know, I was 10 and 0. I was spunky and, when I lost and I got knocked out, this is how I move forward. So I'll, I'll give him that good piece of advice. Now, finally, uh, we talked about CM Punk with uh, Dominic Cruz. Uh, he thinks it's good. He thinks it's going to bring, bring more eyeballs to the sport. Uh, I know that you, you've hung out with CM Punk. I think you guys trained together, right? No, we haven't trained together yet, but I think um, Robbie had reached out to him on social media. Then I have retweeted and added a little something, and then Thiago added a little something. So I think all of the kind of slack he was getting, I think it was good to see – I'm getting a little love from some of the top welterweights in the world. And um, and plus, American Top Team will probably be your best choice for getting that personal attention to someone actually helping you learn the skills. Because, I mean, I think he has – I think he comes from, like, no background of wrestling or striking or anything, so he don't need a lot of work. Yeah, you don't think he's going to get murdered, honestly? I mean, it depends on who they match him up with. If they match him up with anybody who's – Legitimate, he might get effed up, but um, yeah, I think, I think if he's an athlete and he's kind of strong and he can kind of weather the storm. I mean, who are they going Betty White? I mean, who who are they going <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, they're either going to throw him to the wolves know. or they're going to throw him a tomato can. Uh, Urkel? They're going to have to weigh I mean, him in at 85 and let him fight a um, 145-er. Chloe Kardashian? I mean, seriously, I, I, I can't... I can't 145, you know, not 245. Works because those guys move kind of fast. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely going to watch it, but... It, it, I do agree with Dom. I think it's good for the sport. I think we'll get some of those WWE fans to come over. I thought it was the same crowd until I went to a WWE event. Completely different crowd. Nothing like the MMA crowd. Yeah, they're I a little nerdy. I on the crowd, but it's different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, your boy, man. I know that you, you said that you think Ben Askren pretty much takes any 170-pounder in the world. Have you ever sat him down and say, listen, just just be nice to Dana. Stop calling him a fat, bald guy. Uh, <laughs> you, know, Liz- you know, I told Ben when he went in his meeting before, I talked to him right before he went into his meeting. What I told him is, because what I saw happening is that eventually they were going to try to get Jake Shields out. I mean, I really just felt that. I said, hey, the only reason why they want to sign you because they feel like they already have a similar fighter in Jake Shields. 
why don't you say, hey, I'll fight Jake Shields my first fight. The winner stays and loser goes. Earn your way through that. Don't don't say you're gonna fight for free. Don't say you're gonna, you know, you're you're the top. You're in the top ten in the world as a welterweight. You're undefeated. You're an Olympian wrestler. Going from that angle, and I think he took a different angle and it didn't come out so well. Dana Dana will sign him. And I think I think he's just kind of I think he's just kind of like effort, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never him, saw. Him. I mean, he should be in the UFC. I. I there's no reason why he yeah, shouldn't he be. Definitely been in the UFC, and I think Dana will sign him. He said that a couple of times. He said, "I said I will sign him." Before he keep talking crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, him and, him and Dana's gonna have a Tito Ortiz yeah. relationship ever signs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen, Tyron, man, uh, great having you on the show. We're, we're big fans of you over here, yes, uh, sir. Uh, you're a great guy. You're a great role model, man. And uh, it's really nice to see a guy who's actually. Uh, you know, giving back to his community, a great role model, great fighter, and uh, thanks for being a good sport, and thanks for being so supportive, man. Oh, no problem, man. I appreciate it, guys. All right, man. Take care. All right, have a good one, guys. Take yeah, care. Bye. All right, peace. Desmond Green. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's Adam Hunter and T-Rex. We're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. What up? Yeah, how's it going, guys? Good, good, good. So we're talking to Desmond Green, who uh, who knocked out Miguel Torres in like thirty seconds his last fight. Uh, the, <laughs> the guy's a monster. He's a. I was reading about you last night. You're a New York State wrestling champion. You're from Rochester. You've been training with GSP for your fight coming up this Friday night, right? On Titan yeah, FC. Yeah, yeah, this Friday. Yeah, Friday man. Event. Against Steven Seiler, former UFC uh, stud. How are you, man? What's going on? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. I'm actually uh, en route right now to Boston for the fight. I mean, to Lowell, Massachusetts for the fight. I mean, you're. you're uh, you, I mean, the fact that you beat Miguel. I, I remember watching Miguel Torres when I first started watching MMA. Actually, it was actually after that. But he was like, at one point, he's like 31 and oh or something. I remember, he lost to Brian Bowles, and it was the craziest thing ever. I was like, holy shit, man! I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, when, when you when you beat Desmond, uh, when you beat uh, when you beat uh, Miguel Torres in like what a minute and a half? What was it? Two minutes? Uh, for, no, forty six seconds. <laughs> in in forty six seconds, are are you just on a? But who's he- counting? Are you on a huge high? I mean, are you feeling like you're on top of the world? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, it felt great. Uh, it felt great to get to win. I, I knew I was going to win. Uh, you know, my interview prior, I actually called out a finish in the second round. Um, from kind of the same way I finished him in the first, I called. I said I was gonna hurt him on our feet, take it to the ground, and uh, you know, ground and pound him and get a TKO. But I didn't think it was gonna happen within the first minute. But uh, you know, I've, I've been in, you know, since I moved to Montreal, uh, training at TriStar, it's just been a world of difference for uh, you know, elevating me to that next level. So uh, you know, I was definitely confident in me uh, being able to go in there and uh, beat him. But uh, I haven't had too much time to celebrate because I had a quick turnaround, had to hop right back in camp and focus on this next fight here. Yeah, I mean, you got you got a big fight coming up. Now, you called Steven Siler a bitch nerd? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got quoted on it. We were talking on the podcast, and uh, he, he uh, the, the guy, one of the, the guys that was running it, he, uh, he was like, hey, listen, can I just quote you and say... Uh, you know, Sider was a bitch nerd, and I was like, oh, yeah, go ahead, cool, because, uh, you know, he started the shit talking first, but uh, it didn't come from my mouth, but I, I definitely co-signed it. You, know? you co-signed <laughs> it. So, I mean, so why is this guy a bitch nerd? Uh, I have no clue, to be honest <laughs> with you. The, the guy that uh, 
that that wanted me to co-sign it. He bought it up, and I just said, uh, "Yeah, sure." Oh, okay, all right. So now, now I, I I've been to Rochester. I do a comedy show there, man. Now, did you grow up? Did you know John Jones growing up? Uh, no, I never never knew him. Uh, didn't even uh, really know about him until he kind of won the UFC title. So uh, I know he's he's uh, I know he's a New York guy. Yeah. And then, yeah, you were the state champ of New York wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 07, uh, I, I won dates for uh, Rush Arrieta. At, uh, it was great, man. It's just so good. Then I went on to wrestle at University of Buffalo. Had a nice little wrestling career. All-American, freestyle, and whatnot. Yeah, and then and, you, you, uh, you made... Right, you made the NCAA's three years, right? Three years out of, out of four. But you didn't... Did you did, yeah. you, did you place in the NCAA's? Um, no, not in, not in freestyle, not in folk style, but I did in freestyle. Right. I mean, that's gotta be, now, was that, was that, was it just a level of, of uh, as far as college? I mean, I would think coming from a New York State champion that you'd be destined to be an All-American folk style, no? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I really didn't take college too, I mean, wrestling in college too serious. I was kind of, I kind of just uh, went just because my friend got accepted to the same college that wanted to give me a scholarship. <laughs> so I, I always knew I wanted to fight. I was just kind of uh, waiting when I graduated to uh, start fighting, which uh, I didn't even finish my last year of wrestling. Uh, you know, I was uh, that's like my, my last year that I was supposed to wrestle was when I uh, started fighting in turn pro. Wow. Now, were you were you banging lots of white chicks in Buffalo? Uh, yeah, my, yeah. It was, uh, As opposed to what, the black chicks in Buffalo? Well, no, uh, they, they were all getting it. <laughs> I was a man in college, so, uh, you know, I was definitely selling my royal oats. <laughs> they were all getting it. I mean, like, you banged every chick in Buffalo? No, not everyone, but uh, anyone I wanted, pretty much. Wow. So, I mean, how many girls do you think that you that, that, that were, like, getting it in Buffalo? Like, when you were in University of Buffalo, you, you banged, like, 50 girls, 100 girls? Uh man, I can't. I don't, I don't talk about numbers. Uh, just anybody I wanted. <laughs> okay, well, anyone you wanted. That's that's. I think that's considered yeah. rape. <laughs> 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 no, I, no, he, he doesn't mean to not rape any girls in Buffalo. Let's not get that started. Yeah, but I'm we saying, don't want to start that rumor. That's so, but I'm saying, like any girl you wanted, so you would just point to a girl and be like, "I want you," and then next thing you know, she'd be. Well, no, not like that. I was in a, I was in a relationship a lot through them, but uh, you know, I, pretty much if I. Seeing a girl, I'm a good-looking guy. Got swag, you know. I asked, uh, you know, <laughs> talked to her, and wasn't too hard to finish. Nice. Well, I don't, I don't, fuck, I don't know why you dropped out of college. I mean, if I was banging every girl in Buffalo, I would <laughs> be like old school. You'd be like 40 uh, years old, go to school. Man, it's more. I got, I got to get money. Yeah, you got to get money. Not paying me. <laughs> so I think now, now I think if you beat Steven Siler, which I, I think you will, but I, you know, I don't want to put a jinx on you. I think the UFC's next stop. No. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what uh, I'm hoping. You know, that's, what, that's the ultimate goal. If not, you know, I'll defend my side. I know they got another card in February, so uh, if not, I'll be defending it in February. And, uh, you know, definitely you getting in. But uh, I plan on uh, whooping up my side pretty bad, trying to make another big statement. Hopefully I get in there. Now, uh, when you were in Canada, did you, did you hang out with uh, GSP at all? Uh, I didn't hang out with him. He, 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 I was uh, practicing a couple of times with him. You know, he came into our team practices and whatnot. Actually, with my last practice up there, uh, he actually pulled me to the side and was showing me a couple moves and whatnot. Nice, 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 nice. Well, yeah, that's pretty sick, man. Like, working up there with them. You know, Rory was in there for a while working with them. Uh, it's just great. A lot of, a lot of uh, good teammates, man. Good teammates. 
Did you run into David Lawazo while you were there? Did he come in and practice with you guys? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't really know. I'm not good with names. <laughs> so he may have been in there. I don't want to say no. And I was coming to find out I was working out with the guy. But I'm not too good with names. But uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Desmond Green, man, I, I can't wait to watch you fight on uh, this Friday night in Titan FC. Uh, you know, I think I think you got a bright future, man. You got, I think, you know, obviously New York State champion, uh, college wrestler who didn't take it seriously, but still, you know, competed on a D one level, knocking out Miguel Torres. You made the, you made the Bellator finals the tournament twice. Nice. Uh, you, you're right there, man. You're right there. Yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks. Make some noise, man. And by the way, but you need more. Tw- you 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 have 400 Twitter followers. Uh, you gotta you gotta step it up, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was in that that'll come with the territory. <laughs> so where where can people follow you on uh, on uh Twitter? Uh Predator Tune, P R E D A T O R uh Tune T O O N. So follow Predator Tune, check out Desmond Green, Titan FC, fighting for the belt this Friday night. Afterwards you're gonna be banging lots of white chicks. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, guys. All right, All take right. care. All right. Well, that was our podcast. Uh, thank you, um, everybody, for being involved. Thank you, uh, Dominic Cruz. Thank you, Tyrant Woodley. Thank you, Desmond Green. Desmond Green. I feel much better now, actually. I was. Uh, You're a little pent up. I was a little pent up. I feel better. I'm glad that I could be late so you could yell and this scream is, and get it out of your system. This is like therapy to me. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was going to put a sofa there for you to lay down. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Evan the Beard, for... Uh, even though you, even beard. though you kept me out for thirty minutes, second week in a row, I I, uh, I I still respect what you do, and and I and I enjoy working with you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, the best beard in the business. The best beard in the business. And uh, if you want to find Evan, go on Tinder. Uh, so <laughs> swipe left. Swipe left on Evan the beard. <laughs> Trust me, you won't be uh, you won't be let down. So anyway, listen. That is our podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next week. See you. We'll see you at all, but you'll hear us. That's right. Bye.